Thank you for listening to the One City Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. How's everybody doing? Listen, I am so honored to be here. I love our church. I would, it's my favorite church, my home church, and I'm glad and grateful and honored to be in uh, the house of the Lord this morning. Um, I want to honor our pastor, of course, Pastor Feldshaw. I love him. Such a man of integrity, such a man of his word, such a man of God. And pastor, if you're watching, we love you. We're praying for you. And I totally get it. I I had uh, the virus, COVID not too long ago. It's been a while now. And that whole stay home thing that did this girl all the way in. I was like fighting against like my life. I had to cancel a... Uh, speaking engagements, canceled a book signing, canceled this, canceled that. And I was so frustrated and mad. COVID is a thief. And God said, wait a minute, maybe you just need to rest, homie, right? I don't know what God calls you. Maybe it's beloved. But me, it's like girl, chick, homie, Christy, chill out. So anyway, pastor, I feel for you. And we love you and we appreciate you so, so much. I also wanted to acknowledge our greeters this morning. We have added a whole bunch of people to our greeter team that serve here at One City. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All of you guys is so great. So good to see you. Um, So now I'm gonna jump, let's jump into the word. So go with me in your Bibles to Luke. We're gonna go to uh, Luke chapter 17. And I'm gonna read verses 12 to 19. And y'all already know me. Y'all, we ain't new to each other. So why don't we go ahead and stand for the reading of God's word? Because the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. And if I can stand in these shoes, you can stand in yours for just a few minutes. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. God, I love the word of God. It's so exciting. Then, as he, talking about Jesus, then as he entered a certain village, there met him 10 men who were lepers, who stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourself to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when they saw he was healed, returned and with a loud voice, (laughs) I like the loud voice part, glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed? But where are the nine? Were, 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 Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. I want to speak to you from the thought this morning, the blessing of giving thanks, the blessing of giving thanks. Let's pray. Father, in the matchless name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that the anointing that destroys yokes of bondage is on your word. We thank you that as your word goes forth, their healing goes forth. As your word goes forth, salvation goes forth. As your word goes forth, deliverance goes forth. And Father, I pray that you would use this this girl to accomplish what you would want accomplished in this moment today. Help me, Jesus, to say it like I see it. In Jesus' precious, most holy name we pray, amen and amen. Y'all may be seated. You guys may be seated this morning. As we look at this text today, 
So it probably might be one of the most popular Thanksgiving texts to preach around Thanksgiving because this is about this leper who comes back and he's given thanks. And, and it's one of the most popular ones in the story in Luke. Jesus is on his, uh, one of his road trips. He, he and his guys, they were road tripping. They were always going somewhere, doing something. And this time they were headed to Jerusalem. Now, typically a preacher might get up and say, uh, we're going to acknowledge the Samaritan who returned to thank Jesus. We're going to kick the nine guys who didn't come back and say thank you. And are you one of those nine? That's kind of maybe a typical message around this. But I want us to step inside the story. One of my favorite things when I read the word of God is I get to know the characters. I do my best to put skin on these pieces of paper and these words that I'm reading and say, these weren't holy creatures. These were people. And if I can slow the story down to real lifetime, to the speed of actual life and step into it, that's what I'd like to do today. So here we see these 10 men who have contracted the most dreadful disease of their day. It was the most dreadful disease. I know pastor has taught and and preached and told us about leprosy. We've heard about it from other preachers. I don't want to belabor it, but I do want to just give us some context. The, the, The physical ramifications of leprosy are awful to even consider. Uh, They're compounded by the fact that there was no medical solution in their day. There was no help. It was it. You got it. Sorry for you. Chuck deuces, hang out in the leper colony outside of town. Leprosy is caused by a bacteria that's similar to to tuberculosis. But the unique and terrible difference is that it kind of reprograms the body on a cellular level so that the body actually ends up attacking itself. Now, I could talk a whole nother message about that, but we're going to stay right here with these lepers today. Actually, it ends up, it, it, and it causes pigment changes in the skin. It causes sores, oozing, gross stuff. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't heal, uh, you know, quickly. As a matter of fact, it, take, it can take 30 years for it to run its course. Parts of your body become missing for different reasons. Your nerve endings are shot. You might bump up against something and lose an appendage. It's a horrible disease. Um, add to that the emotional pain. Come on of leprosy. There's the physical pain and then there's the emotional pain of disease. The emotional pain of the leprosy. Lepers were cut off from people. At the first sign of the disease, a leper is immediately quarantined outside the city. Now, this isn't quarantine like in 2020, okay? This isn't quarantine at your house with Walmart grocery delivery. This is not that kind of quarantine. This is not quarantine where you can Zoom your family, you can Skype, you can FaceTime, you can get on your phone, you can watch the news, you can get on Netflix, you can, that's, this is not that, okay? This is not, so when, when we say quarantine in 2020, we have one vision of it. This is not that. This is you are cut off. You are cut off indefinitely from the people in your life, from ever feeling an embrace from your spouse, from playing with your children or gathering with your family, It was just too risky for you to be around them. Lepers were required by law to announce their presence at a distance and warn you that they were approaching. If you were even coming close to them, they had to warn you. So here they are living in this terrible situation. It's painful. It's gross. It's, you didn't want it. It's embarrassing. I'm cut off from everybody and everything I love and know. And now if anybody even gets near me, I have to holler out, unclean, unclean, bro, I'm unclean. Don't get close to me. Unclean. 
You come towards me, ah, you, I'm, I'm, I'm unclean, bro. I can't walk into a town to go get any supplies. If I walk in anywhere, I have to announce I'm unclean. Every place I go, everybody knows the situation of my, of my life, physically, socially, and emotionally. I'm unclean. Can you imagine that shame? All human contact was severed except for this sad camaraderie of the other untouchables. They banded together in their suffering. Isn't that what we do? Don't we kind of get in our own little groups of people with the same issues? We're broke, I'm broke, you're broke, let's be broke together. Because I don't understand abundance, so let's just stay here in our little colony of brokenness. I'm lost, you're lost, let's go be lost together. Because I don't understand wholeness, health, and healing. They're all together in their colony doing the best they can to create society. There's one thing that we should know that adds to the psychological trauma of these guys. It's just awful. Beth Moore mentioned it. She's a, she's a teacher and an author. She mentioned it in one of her books. The book is called uh, Jesus, the One and Only. She had an occasion, she got to go travel and visit a part of the world that they had a modern day leper colony. There's t- t- present day, current day. And she felt compelled to minister to those who were suffering. So she goes to this place where they were. But Beth said in her book that she couldn't bring herself to go inside. And she tried and she walked back and forth and she'd get close to the door and she couldn't do it. She couldn't make herself go in, not because she was afraid, but, but she couldn't argue down the overpowering smell of decay. Every time she got close to the door, I can't go in there. You, you know what I mean? I want to go minister to these people, but the smell of decaying flesh was too much for her to handle. So a leper has to live with this every single day. He watches his body slowly but surely turn into something grotesque, like from a freak show, and it's horrible. And the scent of his death is filling his nostrils every day the smell of death. Can you see these desperate men all huddled together? Now, I don't know what happened in this situation. I really don't know the backstory. I try to find out, but I don't know if they'd heard about Jesus. I don't know how they knew about Jesus, but somehow Jesus had gotten on their radar. They had to have heard the stories about him, his remarkable authority, maybe his wise teaching, his powerful healing. Could it be true? Could it possibly be true? Should we even hope at all that it could be true? And somehow they spot him. He's walking through their area. Oh my gosh, you guys, can you even imagine? He, they, is that that, hey, is that guy? Is that guy? It said, Jesus, I heard about him. I heard what he did with Jairus and I heard what he did with Lazarus and I, and I heard what he did with the blind eyes. And I heard, do you think, do you think, do you think maybe, do you think, I don't know, let's, let's see, but we can't get too close. I don't want, so they just call her out, Jesus. From a distance, they holler, (laughs) have mercy, Jesus. Don't look another way like all the other religious people that walk by. Don't turn a blind eye like the priest after he called me unclean. Would you have mercy? 
would you have mercy on us? Would you just have mercy? And they hear back from Jesus something that's incredible and kind of weird to me. Jesus says, this is all he says. He says, go and show yourself to the priest. He didn't say, you're healed. He didn't say, I'm gonna fix it for you. He didn't even say, I pronounce a blessing over you. He didn't say, spit in the ground, rub the mud. He didn't say, go. He He said, go show yourself to the priest. Go show yourself to the priest. Now, we have the luxury of being New Testament believers, these people are living it, right? I like to always remind everybody of this. They don't know how this is going to end. We know. They don't know. And so, Jesus, have mercy on us. And way over here, Jesus can't get close to him because that's, you know, and he says, go and show yourself to the priest, period. That's the only instruction that he gives. He didn't say, I'm going to heal you. He didn't say, I'm going to fix it. He didn't say, you're going to get to shout and dance about the glory and the the outcome and the victory. He said, go and show yourself to the priest. Now, I don't know about you. Maybe y'all are a little bit more holy than I am, but I think that's weird. I don't think, I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? Now, everybody knew that the local, so, so just culturally, so you know, the local priest wasn't just like the priest at the synagogue on Sunday or whatever. He was kind of like the health inspector, right? And so when you had some kind of disease that could hurt the community, you would have to go and show yourself to the priest and he would deem you unclean. What a job for a priest. That's a terrible job for a priest, for the man of God. It, but... If you started to get healed or if you were healed, you went to the priest to show yourself. And if the priest gave you the all clear, the the once diseased person was free to re-enter society. So Jesus calls back to these lepers, go and show yourself to the priest. There's so much going on here. I, I don't know if you guys get excited about this stuff. I get excited about this stuff. He is expecting these men to be obedient He's expecting them to be obedient to a word that doesn't make any sense. We've already seen the priest. He already told us we were unclean. It's pretty obvious, Lord. We were just wondering if you could heal us or maybe have mercy on us or something. And all you said was go and show show myself to the priest. He expected them to be obedient to a word that did not make sense. He's expecting them, it's kind of like what Ryan was saying. He's expecting them to, to participate in their miracle. They had to participate in their miracle. Have you ever had to obey a word from the Lord that didn't make no sense? Oh, come on. You ever admit? How about this? How about, um, Lord, uh, 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 the, the, the word of God in the word, in the text, in, in the Bible, it says tithe 10% of your income. Now, God, you know I'm a single mother. That don't make no sense. That don't make no sense. You know that, that, that when I became a single mother, I was working 20 hours a week making, you know, close to minimum wage. That does not make any sense. God said, didn't say it had to make sense. He said, will you obey? Because if I, he expected these guys to obey a word that didn't make sense at all. Go show myself to the priest. It doesn't make sense. Maybe, maybe like forgive people that have hurt you. <laughs> Wait a minute. That don't make no sense now, y'all. That don't make no sense. First of 
all, they don't deserve to be forgiven, okay? I know, because I'm the person they hurt. And I'm still walking around in all my hurt. I'm not healed yet. And you want me to forgive the person? That, oh, that don't make no sense. But God didn't say it had to make sense. He gave him a word, go show yourself to the priest. And, and, and he wanted them to be obedient to a word that didn't make sense because we have to participate in the miracle. It didn't make any sense. He tells them to behave, y'all catch this. He's telling them to behave as though they had already been healed. Behave like you've been healed. Behave like you've been healed. Give like you've been healed. Forgive like you've been healed. Serve like you've been healed. I want you to behave in a manner. You need to get used to behaving in a manner of wholeness. And even though you look crazy, and even though your sores are oozing, and you're missing four fingers and half a foot, I want you to go show yourself to the priest. I know you're still covered in sores. I know your skin is still ashy and white and patchy. I understand that on the way there, you looking crazy. But I said, the word I said was go show yourself to the priest. It's an action word. Go show. Both of those are verbs. Go and show yourself to the priest. You got to take some action inside of this. Will you be obedient to the word that God has given? Will you be obedient to when it doesn't make sense? Will you engage with him to be a part of your miracle? Well, we know what happens. These guys, they look down at their bodies. Can you imagine? I can imagine. I mean, I'm not trying to act like I'm holy, 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 okay? I'm trying to look a bit like, these guys, these jokers are going to be like, you still look pretty toe up. I don't know what you're talking about. Do you see your foot still gone? Crutch. I suppose we better get going to the priest. I suppose we better. Come on, hop along. Shut up. You're missing an eye. All this stuff is going on. This is real. This is a real thing. So the guys, they got to look at their bodies. They're like, nothing's changed. I tithed, nothing changed. I forgive the relationship didn't get any better. Nothing changed. The hands of these men are still mangled. Some of them are still missing parts of their body, parts of their foot. They're still oozing out of sores that are grotesque and they still stink. They were no better off than when they had been a couple of minutes earlier when they first spotted Jesus. They're no better off in this moment. They don't see it. It hasn't happened. And I, I, Christy, okay, I honestly, I don't even know. I don't know why they obeyed. I don't know why they did. It's not like they're, you know, like they've not had a salvation experience. Jesus hasn't died on the cross. They don't even necessarily know he's the Messiah and the son of God. They, they don't have relationship like we do. We don't get that kind of a, a, a pass. We know he's the son of the living God. We know he is the God and the great I am. We know he is alpha and omega. These guys didn't know that. They don't know if he's just a good, a good um, rabbi or if he's really the dude everybody's trying to say he is. And they obeyed. They obeyed. Truthfully, nothing has changed. They'd hollered at Jesus. He had hollered one instruction back. And the wildest thing to me is they obeyed it. There is so much power in your obedience. There is so much power in obedience. I, I personally think, this is my opinion, that perhaps they were pretty desperate. 
I mean, you're in a desperate situation, right? Nothing else is going to help. You've been declared unclean. You've got all this problem going on. Like, I can see what I'm looking at. Like, this is dumb. This is dumb. But, I mean, we don't look any different, and this is dumb. But what do we got to lose? I mean, besides another finger, right? Like, this is dumb. I feel dumb. Anybody ever feel dumb serving God? Anybody ever feel dumb bringing the tithe and the offering into the storehouse? Anybody ever feel dumb? I know y'all are too holy. Y'all are, y'all are much better Christians than me. Sometimes God's asked me to do stuff. I'm like, this is dumb. Dumb. But I trust you. And I, there's a couple of things. I'm, there's a whole lot of things I'm not, but there's a couple of things I are. One of them is I'm a woman under authority, your authority, and I'm going to do what you asked me to do, even when it looks dumb. And he's like, this looks dumb. We don't have it. We don't look any different. We don't feel any different. But what do we have to lose? And maybe, maybe they'd heard enough about Jesus to form a belief that he wasn't going to play some kind of cruel joke on them. <laughs> maybe they'd heard that God worked his mighty miracles through this Jesus. So whether it was trust in Jesus's command or sheer desperation, this ragtag group of 10 guys <laughs> set out in search of the priest. Go, show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says they were healed as they went. Short little sentence. It's a tiny little sentence. It's a, it's a very small little piece of the sentence, but it's a very pregnant part of the sentence because there's so much birthed in that. And they were healed as they went. This is amazing faith, you guys. This obedience is crazy and amazing. A lot of us want God to do it so we can go. God, if you'll do this for me, I'll go. If you'll do this in my life, I'll go. But what God is teaching us in this text, in Luke chapter 17, what God is teaching us here is I'll do it as you go. I'm going to do it as you go. I need to see some obedience and some faith in action. I'm not going to do it before you go. I'll do it as you go. So if you can slink off with your legs still limp, and if you can walk still feeling awful, and if you can be obedient when nothing has changed in the situation, you want me to do it before you go, I'm going to do it as you go. Faith without works is dead. As you go. You might be in pain. Keep walking. What God is teaching us is he says, I'll do it as you go. You might be in pain, but keep walking. You might be uncertain. Hello, keep walking. You might not be perfect. Keep walking. The challenge is to walk on broken bones. The challenge is to walk with a limp. The challenge is to walk when you're oozing and your sores are exposed, and you feel horrible. Anyone can walk to the priest when everything looks good. God said, I want you to walk this thing in faith. Keep walking. If you can walk, keep walking. The power is in this obedience to the word. Power is in obedience to the word. It's not in obedience to your emotion. It's not in obedience to your feeling. It's not in obedience to your circumstance. It's not in obedience to what's going on all around you. It's not, I will lift my hands in the sanctuary when everything is going good in my life. It is God has required of me to worship him and come hell or high water, come good days or bad, come happy or sad, I will stand with my hands lifted high and proclaim the goodness of God in the land of the living. If I woke up 
today. He's deserving of a praise. If I open my eyes on this people planet, he is worthy of praise. It's obedience to the word. It's powerful. I got to pause here for a second to say something. We, we all, maybe we need to hear this on this Thanksgiving week. <laughs> if we wait until our problems are over to start walking in faith, we will miss the power of God in the situation. We cannot put conditions on a holy God. We don't get to put conditions on him. Well, God, now we don't get to pray. Now, Lord, now, Lord, as soon as there's enough money, I will follow your instructions about giving. (laughs) Okay. No. Y'all, there was a season of my life I was on food stamps. But if I got $10, 10% came to the Lord. There's one thing about this chick. I will tithe until I die because the only thing that kept me from falling off a tightrope was him honoring his word. He said, test me in this, Christy. See if I won't watch out for you. See if I won't rebuke the devourer for your sake. It didn't make no sense. It looked stupid. I looked dumb, but I was obedient to the word. Obedient to the word. We can't pray, Lord, if you just solve the issues in my family, you know, if you'll just solve those issues in my family, then we'll go to church and we'll start serving again. We don't put conditions on God. Instead, God calls us to trust him before anything changes and follow in obedience. He asks, will you love me despite the disease? Or are you only going to love me if I heal you? Will you obey me despite the lack of ability or the lack of resources? Or are you only going to love me when the check comes through? Will you love me when everything around you looks dark? Or are you only a praiser in the sunshine? Anyone can sing a tune on a clear day at noon. God, give us a song to sing at midnight when trouble all around closes in. God, despite what it looks like. Will you follow me now, despite depression, despite the situation? Will you trust me that I will do what I say? Will you trust me when you can't even trace me? Can't even trace me. I, I hear Bishop Jakes in my head right now. It's called the Potter's House. And he said it's called the Potter's House because the, pot, the pottery goes around and around. I'm not trying to twirl my dress. I'm not trying to do that. But the pottery goes around and around and around. And the potter is the only thing that stays solid. He's the potter. We're the clay. He puts his hands on us. Now you see me? Now you don't. Now you see me? Now you don't. Now you see me? Now will you trust him when you can't trace him? Faith without works is dead, my friend. There are a lot of people who say they have faith in Christ, but our choices and our actions don't always match. God is not looking for perfect people. He's looking for what he found in Noah, whose belief in God, in God's warning about a flood, caused him, moved him to build a boat before it had ever rained. Ever once in history, he built a boat. He's looking for what he found in Abraham, who so believed God's promises that he uprooted his family and he followed God's leading to a land he had never seen. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for us to believe him, to trust him when we can't trace him, to say, I will go show myself to the priest, even though I feel dumb and nothing has changed. That's what God's looking for. Some of us are in good circumstances. Some of us are in terrible circumstances right now. 
But if we wait to trust God when the circumstances are good, you're going to be waiting a long time. Long time. (laughs) What awaits us this week? Even this week in Thanksgiving, a lot of people are out already on Thanksgiving break and they're gone and we've got people visiting. Um, There's things about this week that can get sticky, y'all. Will you trust him beyond what you can see? Will you trust him when aunt so-and-so comes over that hurts you? Will you trust him when you have to sit at the dinner table with the people that you don't, you're gonna eat turkey with but you don't really wanna do life with? Will you trust him when they say, who'd you vote for in the election? Will you trust him when one's wearing a mask and one's not wearing a mask? Will you trust him this week when things can get sticky? What's God holding in store for those who will take him at his word? God, that we would be doers of the word and not hearers only. This pitiful, can you see, I just want you to see it. Like, they are a pitiful, broken down, hobbling, rejected from society, psychologically damaged, physically damaged, traumatized group of guys are just limping their way. limping their way to show themselves to the priest. They couldn't have moved fast, but they were on their way. Sometimes obedience isn't fast. The obedience wasn't getting to the priest. The obedience was go and show. I'm gonna go. I'm not moving as fast as I was last year, but I'm gonna go. I don't know why I feel dumb, but he said go. And everything hurts but I'm going to go. And the Bible says, as they went, they were healed. They were healed on the way. The Bible says, such a short sentence, and I know I said that a minute ago, but just take that for a second. As they went, they were healed. I wonder who noticed it first. There's 10 of them. They're walking. They're a ragtag group, right? They're a terrible bunch. And they're walking. I wonder who noticed first. Hey, 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 hey. stronger. My leg, my leg is working. Yeah. Woo. Hey, you know, they couldn't have been quiet. They had to get crazy. Oh my gosh. We're not even into the priest yet. And look what's already happening. My spots start to go away. Those open sores start to close. I don't know what it sounded like. I'm not very good with sound effects, but something like that. How did it feel? What did it sound like? Who noticed it first? All at once, I'm feeling stronger. All of a sudden, as I'm going in obedience, my body is getting stronger. My faith is getting stronger. My mind is getting stronger. My will is getting stronger. My hope is getting stronger. My belief is getting stronger. I was healed as I went. Hey, can you hear them? Can you imagine? Someone throws a crutch down halfway on the way because his leg was restored. Healthy, whole, complete. Man, I love these guys. Their skin's cleared, all that good stuff. I don't know really how it went down. But you know when like, oh, oh, hey, Ryan. I just happened to look down at my hand and notice that these three fingers that were gone, they're back, isn't that cool? I mean, you know that didn't happen like that. Like, bro, 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 bro. Look, 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 look. His 
working. Oh my gosh. Do something you couldn't do. Do something you couldn't do. What couldn't you do? Oh, man. like, oh, my ear. Bro, I heard you. My ear came back. Like, this is a big moment. We don't slow our mind down and think about people. Like, they're people. And they got healed while they were walking in obedience to a weird direction from Jesus. I don't know how it went down, but I bet they laughed. I bet they laughed. I bet they started laughing like they hadn't laughed in so long. Oh, I bet they laughed. I bet, they, I bet it was kind of like a crazy kind of, almost like a madness of excitement and exhilaration. When I was a girl in Bible college, I worked at a Christian rock radio station in Columbus, Ohio. It was called Radio U. And I worked at this radio station. It's a really interesting place because it was really rock and roll. It was like, Jesus loves you. Right? Weird. But they were out to reach the lost people in Columbus, Ohio. It wasn't music for the saved saints. It was music for the lost sheep, right? And so I had impacted. I started having headaches every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. Horrible headaches. And I found out it was because I had, my, my wisdom teeth were trying to come in. And they were trying to come in, but they were impacted. They were growing instead of up. They were under the skin and they were pushing forward, right? And so I had this band of headache across the back of my head, from the back of my ear to the back of my ear, every moment of the day. And it was awful. And I didn't have any insurance. And my parents didn't have insurance on me. I'm like 19, 20 years old. And I'm just in pain. I'm like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna, I guess I'm gonna live on Advil or something. It's just terrible. Cause I mean, and you guys know, you can tell by the way I preach that I'm not dramatic at all. I'm really not, I'm a very calm woman. And um, I was even calmer when I was younger. And um, I remember praying and asking the Lord in all of the drama that you can imagine from me. God, you know how we do. If you love me, if you care about your servant at all. Anybody else? I'm the only one? Right. I'll let you get a pass, right? (laughs) Oh, you care about me at all. I need a miracle with these wisdom teeth. God, you, 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 you split the Red Sea. I was in Bible college, right? I've said all of it. You are Jehovah Jireh. I was using all my great, everything I knew. God, I know it is not impossible for you because I don't have insurance to dissolve these four wisdom teeth in my head. Because bones don't just go away, Okay. Teeth or bones, they don't just go away. I was like, God, you can dissolve these in my head. I, I was trying to suge- make suggestions to the Lord. I was suggesting ways that he could d- deliver me from this pain. So the people that owned the radio station, the Shoemates was their last name. And Miss Shoemate, you guys, she was this tiny little woman. She had this blonde, wavy, kind of frizzy hair. And she wore these huge, old school, red, Sally Jesse Raphael glasses, Okay. Like big, huge, huge. And she was tiny and she just talked like this. She was so sweet. And her, here they have, ah, la, 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 Jesus loves you. Ah, radio station. And here's the owner. Oh, we have to reach the lost sheep. Weird. 
Anyway, she calls me into her office one day and she's like, oh, Christy, praise the Lord. She said, I was at the orthodontist with Nicole, that was her daughter, and she said, I began to tell the orthodontist about your situation with your wisdom teeth and I just thought I would tell him, he's not a believer or anything. Well, three days after I got home, he called, he called last night and he said, I haven't been able to sleep for three days. I have not been able to sleep for three days thinking about that young woman at your office. Long story short, this unbelieving doctor said he couldn't consider himself, he he felt bad about not knowing about a, a need and having the means to meet it in his profession. And so he tells my boss, send her in. We will extract all four wisdom teeth for free. For nothing, all four of them. Now I was suggesting that God dissolve them, but God rerouted me a different way. And the only reason I tell you that story is because when I think about how excited they were, it had to be far more than what I was. But in that moment, y'all, I've never been drunk in my life, ever. Like I'm a teetotaler, it's just the way I roll. And so I, I, but in this moment, I think that it might've been kind of like when people are drunk, because I was, it was this biggest swirl of emotion. I put my head back. Then I put my head on her desk. I was rolling my head around. I was crying and laughing because this, for me, was as big as the parting of the Red Sea. There was no other way to get those bones out of my head that were causing me so much pain. And God has sent a deliverer. He sent deliverance through an unbelieving orthodontist. And so I thought about that when I thought about these guys because I was crying and I was laughing and I was like, thank you, Jesus. I got up out of her. Y'all know I got a little bit of Pentecost in me. I got up out of her seat and I was like, hey, I was was getting, I was getting like, you know, I was getting a quickening, a quickening. I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Y'all don't know me like that. That's how I felt. So I can imagine these 10 guys shunned from society. Oh my gosh, they had to be going crazy. Their minds began to calculate what this meant for them. It was too good to be true. I can go home. I can go home. I haven't seen my family. I haven't seen my wife. I can hug my kids. I can get a job. I can be in society. I can say hi to people. I don't have to proclaim that I'm unclean anymore. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. What a jubilant moment. They had to have been beside themselves. They raced off in the distance. I can see them with tears running down their face, right? Just excited and laughing, feeling their bodies strong again. (laughs) Headed to see the priest, still obeying the word from Jesus. But one, one man stops in his tracks and he's feeling his body and he's seeing himself and he's just so elated. And he said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He didn't say anything to the other guys that were running on to go do what Jesus had told them to do. It was not a bad thing. But he turns around and he's like, I got to go find him. See him running back to Jesus. I see him running back to Jesus at a breakneck speed, just in reckless abandon, like he's four years old, right? Just running with a wildness. Watch him run back to Jesus. Hear him shouting on the way, praise you, hallelujah, I'm healed, thank you. Oh my God, you did it. I mean, that's how it had to be, but he's running. I can't do that and run and talk at the same time. Sorry, just imagine it. See him fall. Because it says in the text that he fell at Jesus' feet. 
And here are a few things that we can learn from this guy. Number one, track your blessings to the source. Mm, Track your blessing to the source. Jesus asked the obvious question in verse 17. Weren't 10 men cleansed? Weren't there 10 of you? Where are the other nine? Common decency tells us that thanks should be expected when grace is shown. (laughs) But Jesus' question points to something ugly inside of all of us, that there's a tendency in all of us to enjoy the gift without worshiping the giver. Enjoying the gift without worshiping the giver. We've grown accustomed to the comforts of our life and the conveniences. We we walk in a grace that has become so common to us that we've become to feel entitled to it. And any parents know about having entitled children? Saints and friends. (laughs) The other day, so I, you know, we provide for our kids and we give things to our kids as we are the children of God, right? I'm likening us to the kid, not the parent, hello. And we, and then we just, they expect it. The other day, Julia had been wanting something, wasn't a big thing, but I picked it up for her at the store. I called her to the kitchen, I said, hey baby, and I gave it to her. She goes, oh cool, and she walked off. You got the wrong mama for this job. You got the wrong mama. I said, oh, no, 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 no. I said, wait a minute, what, what, what? I want to snatch that gift right back. I wanted to snatch, oh, cool. Okay, cool. With your sassy preteen self. I wanted to snatch that gift away from her. Be glad I'm not God the Father, okay? I wanted to snatch that gift back from her, but I didn't, I didn't. I kept my cool. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Excuse me? And she looked at me with that face that only a preteen girl can. Like, you know, I got you. She got the wrong one. She don't know me like that. She looked at me like, what? I said, God, I almost snatched her up with the gift and took it back, right? I almost snatched the whole thing right up. I, I've, uh, ah, but I didn't praise God. I didn't. I said, oh, wait. Oh, cool. No, ma'am. You forgot to put some thanks on that. You need to put a thanks on it. And she smiled because she's really a sweet girl. She smiled. She goes, oh, yeah. Sorry, mama. Thank you. And then she went on her merry way. She needed to put a thanks on it. Y'all, we got to put a thank you on it. We need to put a thanksgiving on it. We need to put a thank you, Jesus, on the things that we consider normal because he's taken care of us, because he's provided for us, because he's the giver of life, because he's the lover of our soul. He is the one we don't, okay, cool, thanks. God, I snatch us right back up. You need to put a thanks on it. And that's what this one leper noticed. I think David, King David, when he was the shepherd, I think he had the right idea in Psalm 103. Verse one through five, David preached to himself. He wasn't preaching to anybody else. He's preaching to himself. Anybody ever have to preach to themselves? Absolutely. He said, bless the Lord, oh my soul. See, he's telling himself, listen self, listen you, you, you guy in here. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. And then he begins to list it. He forgives all our sins. He heals all our disease. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with a love, with loving kindness and compassion. He satisfies you with goodness. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. David's list goes on and on. He wasn't preaching to a congregation. The man was preaching to himself. He said, I don't feel like it. It doesn't look like it. I don't want to, but I will tell myself, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Forget not all his benefits. And he runs a list. 
He reminds himself. He reminds himself. Sometimes we need to remind ourselves. Remind ourselves what God's done. Somewhere on his way to the priest, this one man who'd been healed walked through that same thought process. Wait a minute. I got to bless the Lord on my soul. I can't forget his benefits. I have to go back and count the blessings. I got to count them. I got to go back and return to the blesser. Mm, Somebody watching at home needs to return to the blesser. We need to return to the blesser. Not just the blessings, but the blesser. Ah, Jesus. Before he celebrated with anyone else, he returned to offer the only thing that he could. His heartfelt gratitude to the one who had been so good to him. Sometime this week, I want you to stop and deliberately, purposefully consider the goodness of God. Mm. Don't rush ahead like those nine lepers to enjoy the bounty of what was to come. But stop. Even though Thanksgiving's gonna look different this year for some of us. Some have lost jobs. Some have lost family members. Some had a bad diagnosis. Pastor lost getting to go hunt. So all of us have lost things this year. Some of us are afraid of the pandemic and the impact it's had. Some of us are angry at the political scene in our country and some are just exhausted from all of it. But if we can make sure that we don't miss the opportunity we have to stop and look back and give thanks, we've got to give thanks. He measured the measure of his mercy. Ha, let this. Let the measure of his mercy be the measure of our praise. My God. Let the measure of his mercy be the measure of our praise. Sometimes we take advantage. We come in here and worship is going on and we don't feel like it or we don't like the song, so we don't worship. As if it is about you. As if the worship service is about you. As if lifting up the name of Jesus with holy hands and, and, and our voices has anything to do with you. It's about him. I'm not serving you the meal. We're serving him the meal. He's worthy. This is for you, King Eternal. His mercy. So let us measure his mercy by the measure of our praise. When the leper returned, ha, he was loud. I noticed stuff like that, just so you know. Verse 15 and 16 tells us he returned and with a loud voice, he gave glory to God. The Greek words actually is megas phone. Where we get the word Megaphone. The brother was loud. You could hear him coming, okay? He was praising at the top of his lungs. It was an, I don't care who hears me. I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care if I'm the only one doing it. I am going to praise the Lord. I am going to show him my thankfulness. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Imagine... I can imagine all those years that he had spent shouting in desperation, alms, unclean, all those years in desperation, he's shouting. And now he gets to shout with appreciation. A lot of us made our story, our sob story, the places that were hurt. A lot of us made that real loud. We need to make a praise louder. We need to shout a louder appreciation than we ever did of our, des- of, of our desperation. God, I will not be louder in my desperation than I am in my appreciation. Ah! I will not be louder in my desperation than I am in my appreciation. You're worthy. You're holy. You're righteous. You're mighty. There's no one like you. There's an unchangeable principle here that comes to us from this. The one who has been healed of much praises much. 
Those of us who understand the depths and dangers from where we've been delivered into mercy, <laughs> the mercy of God and not ourselves, we sing praise the loudest. We're gonna sing, nobody's gonna be able to shut me down. I was a single mama with a part-time job. My, my, I'm not even gonna go into that, but it was, it was rough, it was bad. I remember sitting in the Texas Department of whatever it's called, having to fill out forms for, for my daughter to get on Medicaid and for me to get a food stamp card. And I remember sitting there thinking, I am an ordained potter, a pastor from the potter's house. I have a degree, I have a career, and I'm looking at my feet, and I'm looking at that big star, that Texas star, and I'm thinking, I never thought I'd find myself here. I never thought I'd find myself here. Anybody ever feel that way? I never thought I'd find myself here. I never thought I'd find myself here. I don't even know what the future looks like, but I will not be louder in my desperation than I am in my appreciation. And so when that little Texas food stamp card came to me, I said, thank you, Jesus. I said, thank you, Jesus. And when I had to go stand in a line and use the thing, embarrassed, that's not my get down. That's not where I come from. That's not how I roll. I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And when I got a paycheck, 10% of my sanctified gross income went right into the tithe. I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And when I started a little tiny business so I wouldn't be homeless, I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And when I started another business, I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And when, I, I, when Pastor called me into the office and said, hey, hey, lady, we, we need you here. And w- would you prayerfully consider it? We want to prayerfully consider it too. I said, ah, thank you, Jesus. Restore my Everything that the locust has taken, restore my, I will not be louder in my desperation than I am in my appreciation. He's good. He's good. He's good. Whew. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. So, so I'm not going to go there. Praise you, Jesus. I'm going to stay right on track because I am a woman under authority. But let it be loud. Somebody needs to get a thank you, Jesus, even for a good parking spot at Walmart. Thank you, Jesus. Got a sale at Ross. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He's worthy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank you, Jesus. We want to offer a thanksgiving and a praise to God for loving us enough to come. Whew. For the cross, for the tomb, for the gift of salvation, for the gift of faith, for the forgiveness of sin, for a slate wiped clean, for reconciliation with the Father. I'm saying things that just sound like normal to us now. This is the beauty of the gospel. Forget your reserve and release what your heart longs to say. He is great and greatly to be praised. And I'm almost finished. See the place of gratitude. The last thing, the last point I wanna make is that the place of gratitude has, I want you to see the place that gratitude has in worship. There are two words that describe what happened to these 10 lepers. In verse 15, we find the word healed which comes from a, a, a medical term, right, in that day, to mend, to be whole, to cure. Another medical term is used in verse 17, cleansed. All 10 of them were healed. All 10 of them were cleansed. It also emphasizes wellness, but more on the social dimension. 
It meant that they were free of the stigma that had been attached to them. But there is one word that Jesus reserves exclusively for the one who came back and gave thanks. One word, one guy. He's the only one that got this. They all got cleansed. They all got healed. But there was one word that he reserved for the one that gave thanks. He said, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you whole. So there's wellness and there's cleansed, there's healed. And then there's whole. Wholeness has to do with your inner man. Wholeness has to do with your soul. My mind is whole. My will is whole. My emotions are whole. Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Made you whole is different from the other words. It's not a medical word necessarily in the original language. The word in the original language is sozo. And some of us may have heard that, pastor may have preached it, but it means saved or rescued from danger. The nine were cleansed, the nine were healed, but this one, he was cleansed, he was healed, and he was saved and rescued from danger. Not only was his outward renewed, his inward was renewed as well. He was made whole, he was made whole. He was made whole. My God, this was the word that Jesus used for this man who took him at his word connected the healer to the healing, the rescuer to the rescue, the savior to the salvation. And as he falls on his face at the Lord's feet, Jesus sees something in his heart. He sees gratitude. It is a part of worship. Thanksgiving is a part of worship. I call it a map. I'm real plain. I'm like Dora, the map, the map. I call it the map. There's a map into his presence. There's a map. It's, it's written for us in Psalm 100. He says, he's, the, the psalmist writes this, but in essence it says, enter my gates with thanksgiving. That's how you get in, through the gate. Enter my courts with praise. That's a map. How do I get in? How, how do I get in? You enter with thanksgiving. God, I'm thankful. I can enter into your courts with praise. Ha! Be thankful unto me and bless my name. That's the map. I don't know what this week is going to look like for you. I don't know what your plans that may have been adjusted. I don't know. But I do know this. Thankfulness, thanksgiving, the giving of thanks, first and foremost, goes to him. Before the turkey and the dressing. Before the family. Before all of it. Despite the climate in our nation. Despite the virus and despite the uncertainty. Despite it all. He is worthy and he is holy. And he is the only one who can make us whole. Do you know what I'm talking about? This leper does. He knows. He knows what I'm talking about. Why don't we go ahead and stand all over the room. Let's just stand. Pastor Steve, I don't know if you could come and help me out. Before we leave. Before we get on out of here tonight, or today, or this morning, or whatever time it is, <laughs> I just want us to take a moment and be thankful. There's a song, and it's not good, it's a fast song, it's not what you're going to do, but it's a song, you say, I get joy when I think about what He's done for me. You don't know like I know what He's done for me. You don't know like I know when people show up at my house with a, with a, not a Barbie doll, a Barbie dream house for Santa to bring my daughter. You don't know like I know. Don't judge my breakthrough until you've seen my been through. 
When I lift my hands and, I, and I'm loud and I sing and I praise and I'm grateful, just know it comes from a place, it's not because I'm so holy. It's not because I'm so righteous. It's not because I'm so right with the Lord. It's because I'm so grateful. I'm the leper. I'm the one with a dragon foot. I'm the one with the open source. And I had to go back and say, there's no one like you. Thank you, Jesus. Joy unspeakable in His presence today. Before we go, we gotta take a minute and still our mind of the chaos and everything that's gone wrong and be like David and remind ourselves of what he's done. I have this saying, I say it all the time. I say, you steer where you stare. You ever been in a, on your car or on a bicycle and you're driving this way, but you're looking this way and pretty soon your car starts to go this way. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Same thing on a bicycle. I'm trying to talk to Julie over here. I'm like, I about crash into her. You steer where you stare. And some of you have been staring at the hard things for too long. You've been staring, so your life is steering in a dark place, in a hard spot, in, in what Facebook is saying, and the news is saying, and the doctor is saying, and the family is saying, and, the, blah, 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 and we're staring, and we want to go towards Jesus, but we've been looking over here. We steer where we stare. And we got to get back like David. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Don't you forget his benefits. He heals all our diseases. He forgives all our sins. He crowns us with loving kindness. We've got to, to stare at the right thing. I wanna take a minute for us to begin to stare and have our focus on Christ and what he's done for us. Oh, how you could have lost your mind, but you didn't. Not all of it anyway. How you were strung out on drugs and now you're free. How your marriage was in shambles and he heals you. Maybe you're like me and you went through divorce, but he kept you and your babies. How he has blessed you with his presence and with his mercy. Think about it. Don't just watch the preacher. Think about his goodness. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me. When I think of the goodness of Jesus. How he set me free. How praise you. And I'll thank you. I'll glorify your holy name. When I think of the goodness of Jesus. Oh, somebody stare at his goodness. Go that direction. from the grip of sin. Somebody needs to get a flashback of how it was. Remember how he kept you by his grace. How when everyone else walked out, he walked in. Oh, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, some of us are still limping fingers. Some of us are still healed, sick. But he said, go. Show yourself to the priest. So with
even in the broken places. How worship you, Jesus. Come on, church, let's worship him. You don't need the words of a song. Let the words come from your hearts. God, you're good. You're faithful. I'm grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You didn't have to do it, but you did. And you're worthy. And you're holy. And you're righteous in my that's one thing I love about our pastor when we worship is he doesn't ever rushes it because he wants the spirit of God to have his way I just think on the Sunday before Thanksgiving before we do anything else I think it is only appropriate for us to give him thanks I just want to take a few minutes and worship God can we do that church can we do that church come on with your hands lifted up and your heart focused on the giver of life. Thank you, Lord. Come on, say it with your mouth. Thank you, King. Sometimes you have to make a forward motion. Thank you, Jesus. Go and show yourself to the priest. You'll get healed on the way. Ah! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. just popped in my head and it's nothing nothing fancy Pastor Steve but I wonder if we could sing this together maybe it's an old one it's real simple it just says thank you Lord it's real easy thank you The altar is open for you. Thank you. Before anything else, we want to give you thanks, Jesus. Thank you. That you saw me when I was a sinner. Just 
glorify you. And I hope that you have said out loud with your own mouth. Let's just do that together. Say, thank you, Jesus. I don't know if talking out loud is weird to you, but we got to engage in the miracle. We got to go show ourselves to the priest. Let's say it again. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just a little bit louder. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your gift. Jesus, I pray over our congregation, those here and those watching at home this week, for safety, for laughter, for time together, hopefully with family. We just, above all else, we just wanna say thank you for what you've done in our lives. What a God, what a Father, what a miracle worker, what a way maker, what a King, what a Redeemer, what a soon and coming King, everlasting to everlasting. Woo, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We bless your name. Thank you for listening to the One City Church podcast. For more information about our church, visit onecity.church.